But YouTube, people are going there to consume, to be educated or be entertained. And so it's definitely one of those pieces where it's a different type of attribution. It's a different type of experience. The average person is spending 40 minutes on a YouTube session. So they're deeply engaged. They are on there for a reason. And so if they see your ad and they like what you're doing and decide to leave that intent-based session, that means they're a really quality prospect. Welcome to the PPC Show, where we interview the best and brightest in paid marketing. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And as you can hear, I've got a little bit of a head cold after uh, speaking at SMX West last week. Had a great time uh, learning a lot from industry experts, meeting up with friends, and making new friends. But for this week, we're going to be learning about some YouTube. And if you're like most advertisers and you're getting maxed out and you're maybe priced out of Facebook and you're trying to scale your efforts, looking to YouTube could be a pretty good way for you to go. But you might be severely disappointed after a week or so if you don't know a couple of things. So stay tuned as we're going to be learning from John Belcher, teacher at Ad Skills, to learn more about where most advertisers are failing with YouTube, how to create experiments to set yourself up for success, and how to utilize different CTAs that get you around the whole YouTube partner program. With that said, let's get to the show. John, welcome to the PPC show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So we're going to be talking about the big YouTube problem, which I am uh, extremely excited about. But uh, before we get started, um, this is John Belcher. He's a teacher at Ad Skills. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick uh, intro? Yeah, so uh, I think recently you probably listened to my business partner, Justin Brook, aka the traffic guy that Millionaires Trust. And so Justin and I have teamed up. I'm a former Googler, worked on the AdWords team at Google. And so, you know, saw what Justin was doing, have a lot of opportunity to help educate between AdWords, all the traffic sources, so search, display, YouTube, Gmail, analytics, tag manager. We've been able to go through and really compile a course list that covers Facebook, all of the Google network, Twitter, you know, a lot of the big traffic sources to help companies really be able to scale. Uh, you know, we've kind of, we, we talk about the big problem right now. People are trying to diversify off Facebook. And so it's really teaching the right way to go through and do media buying. It's really easy to buy ads online, but it's not easy to do it the right way. We really try and start with that, you know, step one approach to help people be very consistent with ad buying. So if uh, you're trying to, to diversify off Facebook and you really want to know how to succeed, Come check out adskills.com. We love doing what we do every day. We've got tons of videos on our YouTube channel. Justin puts out a daily newsletter called The Daily Edge. And then we've got our entire course library and a forum where you can talk with all of us in there called Pro League. Nice, man. I appreciate that and what you guys are doing. Um, we'll be linking to Justin. Uh, he was on the PPC show about, about six months ago. And I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. But we're going to be talking about this YouTube problem. And I love that you kind of preface it with the di diversifying your media spend, that media mix, whatever you're thinking about it. I think we were going so heavy on AdWords and then we swung over to Facebook. And now with the algorithm changes and these higher prices, uh, people are now like, okay, I, I need to get off of this addiction of AdWords and Facebook and where are some other different channels. So that's a really good way to kind of get us started, get us figured out. But uh, let's, let's get started, man. Like, what are some things you guys got going on when you think about scaling efforts on YouTube? And then we'll just kind of walk through a list here. 
Yeah, and I think the best place to start is the problem that a lot of companies are having. So we just got back from traffic and conversion 2018, and the topic was diversification. People are super overloaded onto Facebook. As you said, the, the trend before that was to be on AdWords doing search ads. And so people kind of flock to whatever is working best as they should. ROI was great on Facebook, but now kind of we call it the max ad load age has been reached. And so the prices are going up. And people are trying to figure out where they can diversify their acquisition sources. And, you know, ironically, the, the biggest, you know, counterpart to Facebook is YouTube. It's one of those things that's a social platform. People are engaging on there. So what's been working for people on Facebook, especially if they have video content, is they go over and say, let's go try out YouTube. And they start spending and they spend two or three days on there. And then they just feel like the results are awful. And I see it every single time. People are like, well, we tried to spend on YouTube. It failed miserably. And I kind of asked the question, why is that? And they're like, well, our cost per views are a lot higher and our cost per clicks. And, and, and it's, so it's just kind of this framing this piece of, okay, I totally understand why you're doing that. But I always tell people, you know, Facebook and YouTube are not apples versus oranges. It's like comparing apples with Japanese. It's two very, very different networks. And so understanding, you know, the two reasons that people really fail is they've got poor expectations when they go to YouTube. And they're not understanding where to look when they're measuring their results. Those are two, like the two biggest problems that I see. So when we talk about proper expectations, you know, YouTube does not produce the cheap cost per views, the cheap CPMs, the, the, really the, the low level cost per leads, cost per sales. That's typically not what YouTube does well. It's going to be more expensive than Facebook. But the other part that comes with that is that the lifetime value of your customers are typically a lot higher. You get very quality users because if they came from YouTube, you know, YouTube is an intent platform. People aren't going and thumbing through their YouTube feeds like they are on Facebook. They are going to YouTube to watch something. And that's typically two things, either to be educated or to be entertained. So a lot of times when we were talking about what Facebook is, we compare Facebook to a newspaper because you're just kind of flipping through the stories and something has to really catch your eye for you to take interest. With YouTube, it's more like radio. And it's one of those things that up until recently, YouTube was the biggest streaming platform. It was bigger than all the other streaming platforms combined for music. That's recently changed with some, more, some, some platforms really growing fast. But YouTube, people are going there to consume, to be educated or be entertained. And so it's definitely one of those pieces where it's a different type of attribution. It's a different type of experience. The average person is spending 40 minutes on a YouTube session. So they're deeply engaged. They are on there for a reason. And so if they see your ad and they like what you're doing and decide to leave that intent based session, that means they're a really quality prospect. And so that's the biggest thing is when we talk about expectations, yes, prices are going to be different, but you know, a view on Facebook is a three or 10 cent view a view on YouTube is 30 full seconds. If they decide to hit that skip button, you're not paying for it. So it's a really different expectation. Your costs for leads are gonna be higher, but your lifetime value, your value of your leads is gonna be a lot higher too. And I think that's really important and something people haven't grasped. Was all of that clear? Yeah, man, I, this stat, hold on, I've, I'm, 40 minutes per session. Like whenever I've seen the stats, it's like 40 minutes per month on Facebook or like, sorry, like per day on Facebook. But whenever I'm thinking like, wait, this is per session. Like I might have multiple sessions. Is that, I mean, that is nuts. 
absolutely. People are spending a ton of time consuming on YouTube. It's they're like kind of call it, they're going down the rabbit hole. And it's one of those mm. things, you know, if you like to watch, my wife likes to watch French bulldog videos. We like to watch those together to get, we're looking for a puppy. And all of a sudden, you know, I look up and it's two hours later, we've just watched these videos. And I think that's that piece of, you know, as you're going through and you're looking at this, there's 300 hours of content uploaded to YouTube every single minute. Like the inventory is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's everything from small influencers to big brands. People are putting out a ton of content. At AdSkills, we try and put out five to 10 videos a week. So our users have, you know, helpful tutorials to go through and buy media better. That's a lot of time spent on YouTube. And so there's, there's a bunch of inventory. But the other nice piece about Google that doesn't exist on Facebook is, is, is this kind of intent targeting. That's what's really great about it. Is so my favorite thing when we do is whether it be search, display, or YouTube is in the market targeting. So since Google, you know, Google is the number one search uh, engine and YouTube is the number two search engine. So they are both owned by the same company. They've got all this data about what people are searching for. And there's a couple types of targeting on YouTube. There's affinity audiences, which means here's what you like to do. So I love football. I played football in college. I am a big football fan, so I fall into that audience because I'm always looking at football stuff. But if I break that habit and start looking at cars, Google knows that I'm in the market for cars. And so that's what's really cool is you've got all this inventory on YouTube, but you can start serving your ads strategically to people who are looking for, if, you're, if you sell Hondas in Chicago, you can target people who are in the market for cars in Chicago and put your ads in front of them. And that's just something that I think is amazing that, that Facebook doesn't have that type of targeting capability. And that's what makes the Google network so useful. And so I could go on and on about opportunities. I mean, it's really cool, but I, I think the, the really important piece here is when we talk about how you're serving your ads, you know, we, we've got now the idea that it's a different platform than Facebook, but really understanding how you measure is really what makes the difference with YouTube. And so, you know, what's great and what we all love about Facebook or the Google Display Network or AdWords is people are clicking on your ads. You've got that ability to track, you know, we talk about dynamic tracking on, on Google, it's value track parameters, the ability to pull in all this click context information, excuse me, makes it super valuable. You can see exactly where people are coming from and go back and, you know, focus on the ad sets that are producing at the high level, highest level. That doesn't exist with YouTube at least not to the same extent. Because like I said, if people are on YouTube, they're there for a reason. They're watching, they wanna be entertained or educated. So typically what happens is they're gonna open up a new tab and search for the name of your product or your business. So Dollar Shave Club is kind of the example that everybody knows about. When Dollar Shave Club started running their ads, they didn't see a bunch of clicks through to the website. They saw their organic traffic have this huge spike because they ran the ad, people were searching for it, and I think they sold out something in like 48 hours, all of their inventory, but like that's the concept of how this works. And so oftentimes when someone says they, they ran YouTube traffic, they were trying to come over from Facebook and it didn't work, I'll go audit their Google Analytics account and you'll see this big bump in organic traffic that comes back down once they stop spending, and they didn't realize that that was where they should be looking. And I think that's really important, and that's why I love your product so much is AdStage integrates with Google Analytics. It allows you to build reports when you start your YouTube campaigns that you can see, here's what our organic traffic looks like, here's what our direct traffic looks like, 
and then here's when our YouTube spend is. And when we pair those up to each other, you should tip, you know, you see a big camel hump for the days that you're spending. If you don't see that, your ad is not, you know, producing the right message. But I see that as long as we produce a good message, we see that big bump in organic traffic. And then we go through and we see our conversions from that route. So, I mean, it's just some really incredible stuff as long as you know where you're looking. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. So let's break that down with some of this attribution stuff in the measurement piece. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of like performance marketers that are like, no, I must have like low cost per lead or something. Right. But one thing that you said earlier was looking further down the funnel, understanding LTV, and then also looking at how it's impacting other channels like organic. Right. Is, is that correct so far? Absolutely. Cool. So Whenever you guys are out there and you're running your YouTube campaigns, it's really important that we kind of go that far. So whenever you're looking around attribution and you're, you know, let's say in Google Analytics, you're comparing organic, but even for the campaign level, let's say, uh, let's say like B2B, right? I, I always like it because it's way harder than like B2C and you're looking at your lifetime value of like your, of YouTube. Is that something that you're tracking through, you know, with like CRM and you're just like really trying to figure out where this person's coming from, how long does it take? And that's kind of how you're thinking about that funnel. Yeah. So typically what we do whenever we're looking, you know, we use tools like wicked reports. Gotcha. Allow you to look long-term over the campaign perspective. And so the thing that's really important about this is the cohort analysis. And a lot of times, you know, this is the piece that people, I, I know the, the traditional direct marketer is really angry. I always tell them, I know that you hate me because I'm telling you to have a little bit of faith in what we're talking about here. And so some of my biggest clients have been, you know, it's that piece of like, we got to have faith. I'm asking you for three days of faith to trust me that I know what I'm doing to help you push this the right direction. It's really hard to do, but it's really cool when you see if their sales cycle is three days or seven days or 14 days, you run those campaigns long enough for one sales cycle. And they'll see we had this huge rise in organic traffic. And then as we look in our CRMs, our organic cohorts, are really producing at a high level during those times. And so it's one of those pieces where that's a difficult, you know, piece for them to, to hop on board with. But once they can see those kind of results, here's the top of funnel, we see this big increase in top of funnel, then middle of funnel, then bottom of funnel, as they see that cohort producing and moving through, that's kind of the way that we talk about that. Does all of that make sense? Yeah, I really like that one. Um, it's a really good, really good piece of advice for all those listening is understanding the cohorts, but then also understanding how long to run that experiment, which I think is a great next, you know, thing we should get into, but running YouTube ads for as long as a sales cycle. And then do you have any advice for like uh, a budget, you know, when you're going out, you know, let's say, you know, I'm running hot on Facebook. I'm running really good on AdWords. How do you kind of, you know, position that conversation to say, Hey, trust me, I need X amount of budget to test for X amount of days. Beautiful question. It leads right into my next point. So when people are going through and testing this, if you've got a new business or you've really just only been marketing on YouTube, it's really easy to go through because you're going to, you don't have a ton of volume traffic coming through in order to, you, you can see that organic and direct traffic lift really with any budget. I always tell people don't go less than $50 a day, but if you have traffic, if you've got a good Facebook presence or AdWords and you've got this, you know, you're driving hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of visitors a day, you're going to have to spend so much on YouTube to see a big bump 
it really doesn't make sense. And that's where we talk about, we, call, we, we develop something we call isolation experiments. And so basically what that is, is taking a funnel and you move it to its own URL that you're only gonna promote on YouTube. And so I do this with a lot of clients. We just basically duplicate their click funnels, move it over to a new URL and just promote that URL. Or if we just have a different name of the product, we just kind of go through it and strategically flip that. So the only thing pushing there is gonna be from YouTube. That allows us to isolate that traffic and quantify it from there. And I can give you the best example of this. SodaStream was trying to figure out how to quantify YouTube spend, well, you know, this is like four or five years ago before they really started using it heavily. So their idea, they created this fake brand called Heavy Bubbles. And they got the guy who was the mountain in the Game of Thrones, he's the world's strongest man, to go through and basically these are like dumbbells with carbonated water. And so, you know, people were going and they watched the ad, they thought this was really interesting, they would type in Heavy Bubbles, like I said, organically search, go over there and actually start the checkout process. And when it said buy now, it popped up and said, like, this is fake. Are you serious? Who would make this thing? Come check out SodaStream. And so what that allowed them to do is go through and isolate that YouTube traffic, figure out how much it costs somebody to come to the site, their cost per, you know, each of the steps in their funnel, and then roll that back into their main site because they have millions of people visiting this website on a daily basis. So that kind of allowed them to develop a level of trust with that traffic source and really be able to utilize it in a way that they understood and could really believe it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's a really great experiment. I love that one. So uh, for all of you guys out there, I mean, go out there, like, like you said. So I think something easily tangible that we can all start to do is just create a new URL that you're going to be promoting. And the only traffic going to that one is going to be from YouTube. If you're looking to quantify I think that's a great piece of advice. Any other advice that you have for creating different types of experiments that are going to lead um, advertisers to success? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is kind of going through, and some, a lot of marketers talk about splintering up your offers. So if you've got a main offer of a product and you can just kind of take a portion of that and promote it by itself, whether that be a lead magnet or a small dollar sale. So something like Poopery, they did a great job on YouTube, but if they want to just promote a specific piece of their product, so if it was just one type or if they had a new um, scent coming out or whatever that was, if it was, you know, smells like roses, if that was the name of the particular scent they were doing, they could go through and promote just that little sliver of their product line in order to say, okay, great, this is our normal products, our normal website, but if we create one just for this product, that will allow us to focus on, once again, our core offering without having to do a whole lot of extra work. Does that make sense? Is that an example that makes sense to you? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And plus, Poopery is just really, they, they killed it a couple of years ago with just the, the most amazing video ad I've ever seen. Absolutely. And, and I'll give you an example from our business. So we've got a course called Traffic Traps. Justin and I have spent about 17 years and $20 million in ad spend working on these things, you know, on paid traffic. And so having the opportunity to go through and promote that course, it's the seven lessons where most people mess up with paid traffic. And so we offer that as a very early, we just want people to, to understand what it takes to be successful. We could go off and create a specific URL for traffic traps and just promote that one course, create a YouTube ad and talk about, Here's the seven biggest problems that people have in advertising, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or wherever. And that's, that's something we can isolate that particular product, promote it over there, 
and really get people to come through and see the experience with our business. And so that's kind of how we would look to do that with our own business. Nice. As we kind of like get into this like CTA aspect, it's something I've, I've always found fascinating with YouTube videos is like you really have to have a strong thumbnail. You really have to have a great description, title, like there's the SEO side to uh, YouTube has always been really fascinating to me. Um, what are some things that you've found around, you know, utilizing different CTAs? Absolutely. So the CTA side with YouTube, as far as the ads go, you know, the YouTube partner program has made it a lot more difficult to have clickable things on your video ads. You used to be able to have cards and end screens, but now you have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of consumption in the last 12 months in order to be able to put any clickable CTA on your videos, which makes it, you know, not a lot of channels really qualify for that. So when it comes down to clickable things, there's something called the CTA overlay. That's the best option. It works across desktop and mobile. Uh, I was chatting with Tom Breeze about this at, you know, uh, traffic and conversion. Tom's another big YouTube guy. And so we like the CTA overlay and YouTube actually just created a new conversion optimizer that's actually getting people to focus on it more. They've got some new betas rolling out that are making it look nicer. So they're working on the clickability aspect. But, you know, overall, like I said, if you're trying to compare cost per click from Facebook to YouTube, like YouTube's going to lose every single time. And so it's that piece of what else could you do from the CTA perspective to really try and either quantify or make sure that you're capturing people's intent in a way that works. And so my favorite thing recently, we've started using little text opt-ins. So it's like, if you like the copy of whatever, text ad stage to 44222. And so having that, you know, the ability, because whether you're watching TV or something on your desktop or something on your phone, your phone's always right next to you. And so if someone really wants it, all we're doing is have them text that number. And then there's some companies that are gonna have them like send their email back to opt in. We just send them the link directly. We've got a UTM tag that we know what the opt-in page is. So we'll just say, you know, this came from YouTube, this is the video. And so if you've got five different creatives, you can create a different opt-in text for each one, split test your ads that way. But the other thing that was really bright that we were talking about at, at Traffic and Conversion, and this is something I'm gonna start working on, is a lot of people are using Facebook Messenger bots. And I like Messenger bots. I think it's something that's gonna get really burned out really quickly. I think we as marketers tend to abuse stuff. And so I've, I just had something today where, you know, the email side, you can kind of ignore email. You can't ignore Messenger. And so it's something where it's like, what we're going to use Messenger for is quick delivery of things. And so what I want to do is try and push more people from YouTube over to Facebook Messenger. So if we can deliver whatever that piece of content that we're promising over to Messenger, now we've got them tracked both on YouTube and Facebook. And so what we've been doing historically is actually pushing from people from Facebook to YouTube playlists that works really well. So you, that way you can have them pixeled on both networks and be able to retarget and make sure you're staying in front of people. Did all of that make sense? Yeah, we're going to have to unload a lot of this stuff. This is some good stuff. It's pretty um, exciting. I know. I really, I, I mean, again, uh, that's why I love the PPC show, uh, mostly because I'm selfish and I love to geek out on this stuff. I find it absolutely fascinating what other people are doing in the industry. And I, I love this idea of texting because I, I think about it in my own personal use of YouTube. Yeah, like during work hours, it's probably on a desktop. When I'm at home, I'm probably watching YouTube videos on my phone. And so the ability to text is actually a really great idea. Do you, uh, do you have any recommended... Uh, you know, providers that you're doing that with to say, hey, text ad stage at this number and it opts you in? 
Yeah, so if you're using one of the, the standard uh, landing page tools, so ClickFunnels has a text opt-in, lead pages, you know, I bought lead pages way back in the day, so I've got lead digits for it. And it's just super simple. And I would say the biggest thing with that is I've kind of hacked the responder. You're supposed to be asking for an email opt-in. Personally, I don't like that. I don't like asking someone for their email over text. It just, to me, doesn't seem like a, that's not where I would want to give my email address. Now, some people have had a lot of success with that. That's just not something I'm particularly interested in. So I just kind of hacked it rather than asking for their email address. I just send them the link right there. They can click and kind of go through the process and enter it the way that they desire. So once again, it's, it's all about how you feel about things, but that's kind of how I've just taken the existing technology and morphed it to what works for me. And so uh, both of those providers do a great job with that. That's really cool. The other part I want to break down, so you're talking about different like ad creative within the YouTube video. Um, how are you guys like thinking about ad creative when it comes to YouTube? Because I know it's something that has, you know, we talk a lot about for Facebook. I know it's coming to YouTube and there's just not a lot of people really discussing how to like run experiments as far as like the thumbnail image or how to get people to even click. How, how do you kind of think about that? So that's kind of one of the things YouTube's coming out with a tool that will allow you to actually create thousands of different, you know, pieces and more or less piece together video ads. Um, we'll see. I'm not particularly excited about it. I think it's something that could be really cool. I just think the ability to produce video is something that's a little bit more difficult for the average business. And so we talk, especially highly produced video. So what I've found, I always highly recommend the teaching videos. You know, my clients really work with the whiteboard or the easel to be like, I just wanna teach you something. Let me give you value up front, and then talk about where else I can lead you. And that's something, you don't have to have a ton of high production value. I, we have an ad that we've spent almost $2 million on. I think it cost them like 30 bucks to make it. And it was just something where it's like, we literally had to go buy a whiteboard, a couple pens, and something to stick it to the wall. And it's made the, you know, the company millions and millions of dollars. And so I think it's one of those things that, when you talk about setting up your experiments, you know, one of the things that we teach at AdSkill is what we call the five by three method. Five ad groups, three ads within each ad group. I'm sure Justin talked about that a lot on his show, so I won't beat it to death. But I just think that's one of those things of when you can go through and split test, if you can make three ads, you know, whether it be a different beginning, what's really important with YouTube are the first five seconds. If you don't make it through those five seconds, a lot of people are gonna click that skip button, which is fine because if they skip it, you don't have to pay for it. But I think what's really, really important is making sure as you lead into a video, you are really capturing it in a, in a very quick way what it is that's so important to that person. What's their pain or their gain? And that's kind of something we talk a lot about in, in one of our research courses is figuring out what's somebody's heaven and what's their hell, where are they currently at? And if you can figure out what that hell is, how they get, you know, can get to where they wanna go and call that out in the first five seconds, makes a really big difference as far as getting someone to watch. So that's, you can do that with curiosity. You can do that with direct, you know, call outs. There's a million different ways to do that. But, you know, the, the skip button right there is, is, is your friend and your enemy. And I think it really just comes down to what message is really going to resonate with your audience. After that, it doesn't have to be this big production. It's just something as far as telling a story or teaching a lesson. Nice. Really good strategy tips there because that's the kind of thought process that will never be automated whenever we think about where automation is going. So yeah, YouTube might be able to create thousands of different ads for us, but they can't think through the heaven and the hell and how I'm going to 
put those together and the putting together the first five seconds. So fantastic advice there. Um, the last one I wanted to kind of just pick your brain around is, you know, even like ad stage, we, we don't have a thousand subscribers. Do you have any tips, advice, you know, for the brands that are under a thousand subscribers with this new change of how can we get there? What are some ways that you think we should, you know, think about for 2018? Absolutely. So there's a couple of things that we're doing with our business. Number one, we use a tool called verified giveaways that you can go through and say, Hey, we're doing a contest this month for uh, Amazon gift card for a hundred dollars. All you have to do is click here, sign up, you know, subscribe to our channel. And so there's one thing, what we, just to give you an insider tip with this is your giveaway is automatically promoted to everybody in the world. And sometimes there's just, at least whoever's visiting the site. And sometimes there's people that just go through and click on that. So we ask them to remove it from the recommended ones and only the things that we promote it to. So that way we know there are subscribers and not a bunch of junk. And so that's, that's one of the ways that we're doing. But honestly, what I did, I went through and created a YouTube video that's just me sitting in front of it. And, be, and I wrote down, I came up with 300 YouTube videos that I was going to produce this year. My goal is to get our channel to 500 by the end of the year. And so I wrote them all down. And then I sat there and I held them up in front of the screen and said, I'm going to be producing all of these videos. And I made it so the targeting is people who've watched one of our videos but are not subscribed to our channel. You have the ability to go through and segment that way. And so I said, but the big problem is that you're not subscribed to our channel. And so we just run that as a retargeting ad all day. I think we spend like $2 a day and we typically see 10 to 15 people subscribe. So, I mean, you're getting an amazing cost per subscriber. It's people who are already consuming your content. You know, just getting that subscription piece in place isn't something a lot of people do. They don't necessarily have that call out. And so I think just running that as a retargeting ad, uh, we use an end screen. It's super simple. You just click a button in the middle of the screen and people can subscribe to your channel. So we've been getting like three to eight cents subscribers, uh, you know, consistently day over day. And, you know, this channel started with practically nothing. It's a, it's been something that's worked pretty well for us. Nice. I mean, you think about three to eight cents and you kind of multiply that out to get to a thousand and you realize, Hey, it's just a couple hundred bucks and you're there. So exactly. cool stuff, man. Well, yeah, I think that's a, that's an excellent place. Like I've got like no more other questions. The only, uh, actually I take that back. I, I do have one more question. I, my last question is really how you guys think about this cross channel, um, like promotion of each other, right? So I think a lot of times, again, performance marketers, like I'm so focused on, you know, leads or my, you know, lead quality that I don't do a good job of really pushing people to other channels. So you were saying that you were using Facebook to push people to YouTube. How, how tell me how you kind of think about that and like how you kind of quantify um, those numbers. So this is one of those things that once again, it's a little bit of a faith play. And I think it's really hard for direct response marketers to go with, you know, I would never consider myself a brand marketer. Sometimes we tease people that do brand marketing, but I think the big piece here is that um, in the B2B world, so you brought up B2B sales. So I used to sell medical equipment. I know all about the B2B sale process. And the thing is that 70% of people, or they've done 70% of their research before they ever talk to a salesperson. And so that's kind of, we're just taking that and making that the same, you know, opportunity out on internet marketing is let's just educate people, educate, educate, educate. And if you can do that across multiple channels, they're going to see you're putting so much value out there. And if you can put, if you can get someone pixeled on Facebook and YouTube, 
any or any display Google net, network, you're covering about 95% of the world as far as retargeting goes. So you can get content back in front of them. You can continue to educate them and build that goodwill. If you do that and you show that you just have better information than other people, they're going to become a customer. And that's kind of that piece that we have faith in the, in the, in our process that we're putting out great stuff. We really care about our customers results. I, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those pieces that if you've got a hardcore VSL and a single product, it's a little bit harder to buy into that, but we have a business that's really focused on educating our customers and moving them forward. So I think I'm really only able to answer that, that particular question from my vantage point. Uh, if you've got any other clarifiers, I'm happy to take it, but that's kind of how we approach it. No, I think it's uh, the typical digital marketer answer of it depends. <laughs> so. <laughs> As we like to say, but no, I think that's, it's a really good answer. And it's something that even kind of uh, makes me think and kind of challenges my own assumptions a lot of times of what I'm trying to accomplish on certain channels. And a lot of times thinking more holistically of if I can cover over 90% of the internet and in getting people uh, on different channels and on channels that they want to engage with. And we're talking 40 minute sessions between, you know, when you think about Facebook, you think about YouTube and yeah. so creating that content. Cool, man. Well, I think that's a fantastic episode. I've, I've learned so much uh, today, even just from different tools, talking about different um, funnels, different attribution, looking at different channels to measure success. So John, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show and sharing all of your, your new YouTube knowledge with us. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me and looking forward. If anybody's got questions, come check us out at AdSkills. We'd love to help out. Yeah, where can uh, people find you? Uh, Twitter or LinkedIn? How, how can people connect with you? Yeah, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's kind of where I spend the majority of my time. But if you come into Ad Skills, like I said, if you've got questions about your specific campaigns, there's a product that we've got called Pro League, which is a forum where people come and ask Justin and me questions about their campaigns. I, I you know, look at Loom videos a lot all day. People asking specifics. Yesterday, I helped somebody debug running a script. I mean, it's just that the ability to come in and chat with us directly about paid advertising is probably, you know, that's, that's something that we love to do. And, you know, we've, we've got it to a point that our, our customers get so much value out of it. That's really, you know, if you want to talk about paid traffic and, and really how to improve your campaigns, we're available there all the time. Nice. And I'll uh, make sure to put a link in there for anyone that wants to follow up. So cool. thanks again, man. Awesome. Thanks, Eddie. Have a good one. All right. We'll see ya. See you.